focus. Focus. The tide is coming in. But we've just begun our picnic. We aren't done with our game. Collect your beach blankets and playthings while you can. For the tide waits. For no man. Alright, welcome to our episode number six, week five review, week six preview. You are listening to Processing College Football, the college football podcast designed to educate and entertain with you every week. It's me, Jason Randaza, and my co-host, Mark Catlin. Mark, how are you this week? I'm doing great this week. Back at home, got to spend a little time with the family. And uh, and it always warms my heart to hear our opening music. It's just yeah, It's pretty phenomenal. Uh, I have uh, a lot to talk to you about this week, including okay. your attendance at that Miami-Duke game, which I, I know you went to. Um, <laughs> so, as I said, this is our week six podcast. If you have questions you want us to answer, topics you want us to discuss, or terms you want us to define, send them in. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at processing cfb or email us at processing college football at gmail.com and as always don't forget to listen at the very end of this week's show for our special offer all right so at the top of the show we like to process a few things usually things that i heard while i was watching college football that uh, i didn't understand because i'm still learning a lot so mark i was watching some game on oh you know what i think it was uh the usc washington state game and here's here's what i heard oh these pac-12 these these west coast teams tend to be air raid teams what does it mean to be an air raid team well it's a very technical term that Uh means that they throw the ball in the air a lot that's it huh well, I mean, basically, and I think, I mean, the reason they use that terminology is it's over against a lot of SEC teams, for example. So in the Southeast, it tends to be more of a ground game where you're running the ball a lot. So Alabama obviously runs the ball a lot. We don't throw a ton. So we're like the opposite of an air raid team. Uh, Big 10 tends to be more of a ground game team. Big 12, for example, might be. Um, an air raid team. So it just means that you throw the ball a lot versus running the ball. And so it's a sort of style of offensive play. I don't know why they can't just say they throw the ball a lot. Air raid <laughs> does sound cooler. I'll grant them that. All right. Maybe this one's a little bit more complicated. Another thing that happened, I was watching the Auburn game and they said that they were running a wildcat setup. So during the Auburn game, it was pretty early on, but they said they had a wildcat setup. And then they flicked it back to Stidham, and then he threw, like, a 60-yard pass. Yeah, so basically uh, what a Wildcat is, it's a relatively, you know, new formation I started to use uh, several years ago. But uh, it basically means that instead of the quarterback lining up uh, under center or in the pistol formation or in shotgun, which I may have just used a word you don't know, pistol or shotgun, I don't know. I, I know those but, words. I, okay, good. Uh, as they relate to f- <laughs> firearms. But. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's kind of like air raid, you know, air right. raid, pistol, shotgun. So let's pretend like I didn't say that. Instead of the quarterback being lined up behind the center to get the ball, you have like a running back or a wide receiver, and usually they're about four or five yards behind the center 
ready to take the snap like the quarterback. And so that's a wildcat because you're not sure what this person is going to do. Usually they're going to run the ball and you set it up. And so the defense thinks this person is probably going to run the ball or just do something like that. Definitely not throw the ball is what you're thinking. But instead, and this is probably why the defense was fooled on this play, they think this person is going to run the ball, but instead they throw it back to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then because it's a lateral pass, he can throw it downfield. So all that say, all Wildcat is, is somebody like a, a wide receiver or a running back is lined up in the quarterback position and receives the snap. I see. But at least it's uh, more of a thing than air raid, apparently. Anyway, so since we're talking about the Auburn game, let's just go right on into our week five wow, game let's do that. reviews. All right, so first up, um, we previewed the Auburn-Mississippi State game. Auburn came into this game a nine-point favorite. Um, I think we both predicted that Auburn would cover this, and they did. Final score of this game was 49-10. to 10. It was like 21-10 to 10 at the half. Then Auburn just came back, ran away with it. I, I think like Jared Stidham looks like he's doing a lot better than his early season performances. I still don't really think that he has the most... He's he's not the most accurate passer, um, but I think that maybe his his wide receivers have gotten a little bit better at catching uh, some sloppier passes. So, um, but anyway, Auburn's defense <laughs> continues to be what impresses me. I think week to week, um, and uh, it was actually after this pretty dominant performance, we had a listener uh, write in and and said that uh, they really wanted you to say at least three nice things about Auburn this week, since uh, oh. I, I guess. We, but uh, they seem to be targeting you in particular. Uh, disrespected them last week. Yeah, I, I did disrespect Auburn, and I'll do that a lot. Um, but you know, the reason that the, our listener, uh, also known as uh, Boogeyman Jones, the reason he said that is I actually predicted that Mississippi State would win twenty-four to twenty-three. I, mean, did I, I didn't remember yeah. that. Yeah, uh, that's because you think I wouldn't make that horrible of a call yeah. uh, as you're watching the game. But, uh, you know, I did. And so it, I, I didn't think Auburn was that good. I wasn't sold on them. Uh, I did think they would be better uh, with Carrion Johnson back and Cameron Petway, although Cameron Petway didn't run that much. He didn't play that much. Um, and so here's the thing with this game. You know, Auburn looked good. Nice mm-hmm. thing, number one. Okay. There you go. Uh, the other thing is uh, their defense looked good. Number nice two. thing, number two. All right. And their special teams are pretty good. Uh-huh. <laughs> nice thing, number three about Auburn. So there you go, Boogeyman Jones. I got you covered. Um, three All right. nice things. But now, just for so, good measure, let's say some bad things too. What do you got well, on that end? Well, for sure. No, I don't, I don't know if I have anything ba- bad to say about Auburn. I think I am going to – kind of undermine their goodness by talking bad about Mississippi State. Okay. So going into this game, here's what I thought. and Eventually we're going to get into just the state of college football is uh, – I'm not real sure what's happening. The quality seems down. So Mississippi State beats LSU pretty badly. Yeah. Well, uh, what was it, 37 to 7? To is seven. that the score? Yeah. So, so everybody thinks, wow, LSU is LSU, right? They're pretty good. Right. You, don't, you don't do that to an LSU team. And so I was like, wow, Mississippi State must be really good. Well, then Mississippi State goes out and gets blown out by Georgia. You're like, wow, Georgia showed up. You know, they start with a flea flicker. Maybe Mississippi State was a little overconfident. But now Mississippi State comes out and gets destroyed by Auburn the same week that LSU doesn't look too good. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Yeah. 
And so my point is, yeah, Auburn looked good. There's no doubt about it. And maybe they're a legit team, especially a legit team in kind of this age of SEC football, if not college football at large. So they're, they're a good football team this year, no doubt. But 49-10 against Mississippi State usually, again, would look great, just like usually Mississippi State beating LSU 37-7 looked great. But it's kind of like, okay, that's what you should have done against a, a, a maybe a decent Mississippi State team, but maybe also a down Mississippi State team. So I'm still not sure what we have, however, what we would normally have. However, this year, yeah, Auburn looks like a top-tier team in the SEC. What does that mean? I don't really know if it means they're good or not, but I think it's, to me, it looks like Alabama, Georgia, and Auburn are the best teams in the SEC. So uh, maybe that was more good about Auburn. Was that more good about Auburn? Jason? Yeah, no, I think it was. I mean, you're you're putting them up in the top tier, which I, th- I think is a, a fair place to place them right now. Of course, it's definitely a down year for the conference, so to some extent we're making a lot of assumptions still um, based on performance against what are not great teams. Speaking of not great teams in the SEC, I think we should talk about Alabama Old Miss. Okay, so Alabama was a 28-point favorite. I, I don't remember if I believed that Alabama would cover. <laughs> I don't think that they did. No, maybe I did, because I think I said last week Ole Miss was a dumpster with a frowny face, but I'll be honest, (laughs) I think I overestimated them. That was a very kind description. Alabama wins this 66-3. to Yeah, it was was sort of insane. I mean, uh, Ole Miss looks pretty terrible, and it's the most points that have been scored in the next Saban era by an Alabama team. And the interesting thing about that is both last week against Vandy – or the week before against Vandy, this past week against Ole Miss, we've put in our second string, uh, you know, it seems like right after halftime. Right. And yet our second string continues to score <laughs> a lot of points. So it's like, what do you do? You, you can't tell those guys not to score. And so if the other team can't stop them, this is the sort of thing that's going to happen. So I think it shows a couple things. One, you know, Ole Miss, uh, especially with the Hugh Freeze stuff and then just in general SEC being down, uh, they're a down team. They're not that great. But it also shows Alabama's got a lot of depth. Uh, their depth chart, their roster is really deep with talent, and so there's this huge gap between the top of the SEC and even the middle of the SEC. Maybe the bottom. Who knows where Ole Miss is going to end up? But man, there's a huge talent gap there, and Alabama continues to get out ahead of people right. uh, and other and other teams. So. And that was that was really hard to watch. It was fun to watch for a little while, and then it just got it got embarrassing. It was a little bit embarrassing, and yeah, that disparity you're talking about. I mean, surely something like this it just uh, causes the the gulf to increase because not only is Alabama's uh, like second string talented just already, but now they're getting like in game play time uh, yeah. to just improve improve their skills so i don't know it's uh it was it, it was a sad <clears throat> loss for Ole Miss although Alabama which uh struggled with them last year and as we talked about last week uh lost to them the two years prior to that uh this was a, a satisfying win in that respect moving on let's stay with SEC teams playing against teams from the state of Alabama LSU <laughs> ranked number 25 coming into the game uh, playing against Troy LSU was favored to win by 21 points. LSU did put up 21 points. Unfortunately for them, Troy put up 24, winning the game. (laughs) 
can I just say I called it? I didn't really. I just didn't think that LSU would cover. And so this kind of wraps up a, a good week of football for the state of Alabama. Troy led LSU by 10 at the half, and it, it really just didn't look like LSU had enough in the tank to come back from that. I, I think this could have been the the loss of the weekend if it wasn't for Ole Miss's loss or Tennessee or Mississippi State's. <laughs> uh, but, so, so they got some reprieve just because everybody else looked terrible too. Yeah, th- I mean, this is just an inexcusable loss. You know, um, LSU going into to Baton Rouge at night used to be one of these things that you just did not come out with a win, no matter who you were. And if you did, it really meant that you were top-tier team in college football and now apparently it means absolutely nothing i mean lsu looks absolutely terrible because at 24 to 21 the game wasn't that close i mean troy dominated them the entire game and then lsu made this last gasp of a comeback ended by an interception by troy it's like what what, what are you doing i mean the way that this game normally goes if you play a good if an sec team like lsu plays you know, a bottom-tier FBS team, the way that this game might play, or, or but the, a good one, you know, a solid team like yeah. Troy, then usually what happens is the game will be close for a little while, and then the talent and the size and the strength and the speed of the SEC team overcomes the other team. And so, that, you know, that, that's why I picked the game like I did last week. Well, she was going to cover, because it, maybe it's within a couple scores, but then in the fourth quarter, man, Troy should have just been exhausted, wiped out, tired, overmatched. And it was like... Uh, LSU, you're you're down seventeen to nothing. It's the third quarter. Like you haven't scored any points. What are you doing? And so I I look at this and I'm like, the SEC is definitely down. Uh, and I've been trying to figure out like what conference is the best. It's certainly not the SEC. And that's a massive change over the past ten to fifteen years, where the SEC has been dominant. There's a huge shift happening right now in college football. And it's, it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out, if things really solidify or if we'll just kind of be in upheaval now where, you know, this conference will be up, this conference will be up, and there's kind of a mix. But the SEC is, is on the decline, pretty hardcore, and this game is the ultimate symbol of that. At LSU, at night, Troy comes in and dominates the Bayou Bengals. It's terrible. Yeah, and uh, LSU paid them for the privilege. This was also LSU's yeah, yeah, homecoming yeah. game, by the yeah. way. Oh, um, so tragic. Pile on, on the embarrassment. Pile on the embarrassment. Yeah. How much? Wait, how much did they pay him? Did you? Nine hundred and eighty-five thousand dollars. I think. Yeah. So this is you're supposed to be paying these teams for a win. Like, hey, come in, we'll celebrate, <laughs> we'll crush you, we'll give you a paycheck. So don't worry if you're, you know, ten of your players leave with broken legs. It doesn't really matter. You got it. You get a million dollars. Whatever. And instead, it's like, no, come, we'll pay you a million dollars to humiliate us in front of the entire country, lose our homecoming game, and show the world that we are an abysmal football team. Golly, I don't know. Sorry. I just, it's terrible. It's sad. And then just to rub some salt into the wound, uh, Troy's official Twitter account trolled them. I mean, as as well they should. I mean, they should troll them for the next 10 years about this game. Right, until they play again, which uh, LSU might think better of next time. Jeez. Uh, moving on, let's talk about Clemson, ranked number two, playing against Virginia Tech. Clemson was a 7.5-point favorite. Final score was Clemson 31, 
Virginia Tech 17. Uh, it's not even really as close as the score suggests. Clemson seems to have full control of this game from start to finish. Uh, I do give Virginia Tech some credit for attempting to uh, change the momentum at the end of the third. Uh, they're down by like three touchdowns, and they try to like fake a field goal and run it, but Clemson saw through it. I don't know. Virginia Tech, uh, the poor folks there. They had uh, a fumble, which Clemson recovered, two interceptions, I think, a pick six. It was just a messy game for Virginia Tech. Yeah, I mean, this is an impressive one for Clemson. Clemson now has a few impressive wins. You know, yeah. Auburn, another positive thing. Looks like a better team than I thought. Uh, went over them, a dominant win over a Louisville team. And Louisville's defense isn't going to be that great, but shutting down uh, Lamar Jackson like that. So, and now Virginia Tech uh, on the road at Virginia Tech, on the road at, at Louisville. That's, that's three solid wins. Uh, and this, like you said, the score does not reflect how dominant Clemson was. And so, I mean, I think Clemson right now, I, if I were mattered at all in the college football world and had a vote for teams, I think Clemson would be my number one team sure. right now based on, based on what's happened. So They have the best resume by far. Dominant win. All right. Uh, moving on, I really want to talk to you about this game. USC, Washington State. USC was expected to win by four. Washington State won 30-27. to 27. You, you do remember I called this one, right? Uh, I do, yeah. yeah, it, was, yeah. it was a great call. I called and Washington you're... State outright, and they won yeah. outright. I was a little off. I think I projected that they would win by four, and it was only three. So Washington yeah, so... State, so, hey, hey, there, so this... you disappointed me. Yeah, and you disappointed me, Jason. If you're going to make a call, make the right call. Sure. No, I, I mean, this was, and when you made the call, it was a great, uh, said that's a good call, and I think the and, – and I picked USC. The thing that's confusing about USC is – but now it's becoming a consistent pattern is Sam Darnold's going to throw a couple picks in every game apparently. And you just can't continue to do that and expect to win championships. But they're like – he just needs to check down more often and mature a little bit as a quarterback. He's got all the talent in the world, but he needs to mature a little bit. And if he does that, they still have a shot at winning the Pac-12 championship and maybe going to – to the playoffs, but um, yeah, this is uh, Washington State's a good football team. USC is going to make their mistakes, apparently, especially Sam Darnold, a fumble uh, at the end, just being careless with the football. And so, unless he unless he kind of shores that up, mm-hmm. you know, it'll it'll be Washington or Washington State probably represent the Pac-12, um, which would be which would be interesting. So, yeah, it, it, and it was a good football game. USC has been yeah. some, some really exciting football games, so they're fun to watch for sure. But it's also just like, dude, it wouldn't be actually that exciting if you just took care of the football. So, it was a good game. It's a great call, Jason. Yeah, thank you, thank you. I, I'm pretty happy because, you know, now that my ACC champ is certainly out and my SEC runner-up is uh, being demoted to play in high school football, it's it's nice that things are looking up for my my Pac-12 pick. It's good. So next up we have Georgia, Tennessee. Georgia was a seven and a half point favorite. I I don't remember if we both did, but I know I certainly thought that Tennessee would play them close. And so the score was Georgia forty one, Tennessee zero. So they didn't really play them close. And you said going into this that the wild card here was who is going to show up for Tennessee? And the answer was no one. 
Uh, this was embarrassing. <laughs> I, th- I think the only reason Butch Jones still has a job right now is that the people who have to say you're fired are still speechless. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, that's that's beautiful. Um, yeah, I, so this was Georgia, a dominant team over a hapless Tennessee team. And, uh, you know, Tennessee's a football program with a lot of rich tradition and a lot of pride uh, in their football. And for Georgia, a rival to come in on their home field and beat them 41 to nothing is just embarrassing for them. And there's, I don't think that there's any way with the way that they lost to Florida now getting blown out by Georgia, there's no way that Butch Jones keeps his job because he's still got to play Alabama. And uh, it, unless Alabama just completely implodes like they did against Ole Miss a couple of years, which is possible, mm-hmm. sure. um, they're going to get blown out again. And you take Florida, Georgia, and Alabama, and you lose to all three of those in a, in a year when you're already on the hot seat at the beginning of the season. Right. And you get beat like this at home against Georgia, and you lose like that against Florida. And, like, I mean, just like a play that, that just epitomizes everything that Tennessee football is right now is Tennessee had a, a punt blocked because their punter just kicked it into the – face of a defensive player who was several yards away he wasn't like diving at the ball it was just horror it was just really bad football and you see butch jones on the sideline and he just looks like he wants to crawl into a hole like he just wants to get let's can we just end the game i'm surprised they didn't walk out and be like hey ref can we just call it we just kicked the football into some dude's face i don't know why we're out here we should be this is we're an embarrassment to all of football it was just really really bad and so I, there's no way that Butch Jones makes it to the end of the season. You know, the, the interesting thing is, as far as coaches in the SEC, Butch Jones, Kevin Sumlin, and Hugh Freeze were headed into the season on the hot seat. Hugh Freeze obviously was sure. gone before the, <laughs> anything got rolling. Uh, and Kevin Sumlin loses like that to UCLA. Maybe he's done enough to stick around. Sure. Butch Jones looks like he's going to be on. All three of those guys could be gone by the end of the season, which would be just wild. Just more turnover in the SEC which is probably going to mean better recruits, even better recruits going to the top teams and a, and a bigger disparity and gap between the top and the bottom. So, it, and I mean, I really like Tennessee football. Mm-hmm. I love these traditional programs and to see them just kind of wallowing like this, it's just kind of sad. Hopefully they can turn it around, but I don't think Butch Jones lasts. No, I agree. I actually read an article, I believe it was on SB Nation, that said that all of Alabama's October opponents, which... Uh, includes Tennessee um, could could have new coaches next year, uh, which is amazing to think because they're all in conference games. I think it's uh, Arkansas, Tennessee, A and M. I don't know who the other one was. Yeah, Butch yeah. Jones. I, I have to ask this question. This is a crazy question, but I have to ask. Okay. Because just being somebody who, again, relatively new to the sport, relatively speaking. Okay. These coaches get these multi-million dollar buyouts if they're fired before their contract is up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the crazy question. Is there any chance Butch Jones is sabotaging this just to get the buyout? It's like six and a half million dollars. <laughs> Maybe he thinks, that's fine, I'll retire on that. Like, Not, n- There's no chance. There's no, no chance. chance. That's no okay. chance. Okay. These guys are way too competitive to embarrass themselves like that <laughs> on the field. There's just, there's just no way, even if it's for $6 million. 
I mean, I, because the flip side of this, I think Butch Jones would much rather be good at football <laughs> <laughs> and not be embarrassed and get the money sure. than be like, you know, I feel like sitting around on my couch for a while while everybody on television talks about, you know, crap about me because I suck as a coach. Well, I'm getting six mil. You know, like, I mean, I... There's, I don't think there's any way that's the case. It is, it's, okay. it's just, it's rough. See, that's me trying to give Butch Jones the benefit of the doubt um, by <laughs> implying that maybe he's not as bad at football as uh, I, I seem to think that uh, he, he looks. Anyway, moving on, we do have another game that we didn't preview, but we should talk about. Um, it was uh, fourth-ranked Saquon Barkley against Indiana. So... <laughs> So, That's funny. I didn't even see this. In our notes, you have Saquon Barkley, number four, against Indiana. That's yeah. perfect. So, Saquon Barkley, as you've heard us talk about before, uh, plays for Penn State. Penn State won this game 45-14. to 14. Uh, A lot of articles said Saquon Barkley has won the September Heisman, which uh, is not a thing, but I, I, I respect it. because, And I think it's accurate because... Uh, <laughs> He was really impressive in this game. I know Indiana's not like a powerhouse or anything, but he runs the opening kickoff for a touchdown, like 98 yards. He also threw a touchdown. Now, was that, was that a wildcat? He, he's not a quarterback, so he was given the the football and, and threw a touchdown. Well, it depends. Was the ball snapped to him or to a quarterback first? I think it was actually snapped to a quarterback, and then they yeah. like tossed it to him. Yeah, and then, then they lateraled to him, so that's not a wild cat, no. Okay. Is that is that something else? Is that some other kind of cat? <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a type of cat. It's a Nittany Lion. Um. <laughs> oh, well played. Thank you. Um, so uh, Penn State now uh, in the upcoming weeks faces off against Michigan and Ohio State and nothing would br- bring me more joy than to see him humiliate the Ohio State so we will have to check back in when when that well, game well and and check this out I mean one I, I would love to see that this is another one of those traditional teams that I'd love to watch uniforms maybe the best in college football second to Alabama of course yeah, sure. but I mean just beautiful classic football mm-hmm. but as we're talking about programs kind of falling apart, this is an example of how quickly a traditional program can turn around. I mean, sure. think about what Penn State went through and is still going through in many ways. If you get the right coach that can recruit the right players and you have a fan base and an institution like Penn State that really loves their football, a program could turn around really quickly. This, Alabama didn't quite go through the scandal that Penn State did, but it wasn't playing great football. Nick Saban comes in and turns this thing around and has one of the greatest decades in college football history. So the right coach, right program, you can really turn around quickly. That's what, that's what I'm hoping for, for teams like Tennessee, that they can do that. And Penn State's just a great example of that. That brings us to our Week 5 quick picks. So we had FSU Wake Forest. FSU was a 7.5-point favorite. And they did end up getting this win, 26-19. to So they didn't quite cover, but they, they did get the win. And so this leaves Baylor as the only Power 5 team without a win. I'm really happy for FSU that they ended up pulling this one out. Struggled yes. a bit at first, but I, I thought that the, the their quarterback um, started looking better this week. He's making progress. Yeah, I know. Um, I mean, he just needs reps, you know, live yeah. football. So, and I think he needs a sandwich too. He's like six five and 160 pounds. I don't know. They they have to have like a nutritionist on staff. <laughs> Somebody needs to feed that kid. Holy crap! That caught me off guard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
You know, that's that was me in high school right there. That's you know? true, but, yeah. But, uh, like, he turns sideways and he disappears. Maybe it's a yeah. strategy for FSU. I disappeared all the time. It's great. Um, next up, we had Miami against Duke. This is the game that you definitely attended. Uh, Miami won this game thirty-one to six, covering the six and a half points they were expected to win by. Um, so you went, you yelled at this game. Is that why it was such an embarrassing loss? Yeah, you know, I was uh, really cheering for Miami. Um, you know, so I went to the, I was the only only uh, fan in the stands, and so. And they're not uh, used they, to that, so... Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you saw this game, but I was actually on the sidelines with a headset. They eventually just let me call the plays, because they were like, hey, this guy's he's calling all kinds of bubble screens and stuff. He really knows what he's talking about. Uh, and so eventually they just let me call the offensive plays, and that's when Miami really started humming along. So, sure. you know, just a little a little interview for offensive coordinator position out of Miami. Sure. <laughs> you're going to be very busy next year with all these new coaching positions you're taking on. Next up, South Carolina, Texas A&M. Texas A&M, an eight-and-a-half point favorite. I predicted South Carolina win this one outright. They did not. Final score was uh, Texas A&M, 24-17. I don't have anything to say. (laughs) Nothing. I I picked A&M to win, but uh, it was kind of a toss-up. And the game looked like that. You know, South Carolina looked like they were going to win for a while, then A&M came back. They're just like like two not very good football teams playing football, and that's what that's what you get. So, <laughs> which segues nicely into our next matchup: Florida Vandy. Florida did end up winning this game despite trailing for an inexcusable amount of time. Uh, yes, thirty-eight to twenty-four. The only the only thing I have in my notes is LOL. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we you know, we texted during this game. Like at halftime, we were like, "Is it is it going to be Fandy that's challenging Georgia for the SEC East? Is there going to be a rematch between Bama and Vandy in the SEC championship game?" I was hoping that it was not going to be the case because that would just be embarrassing for everybody. And you were really cheering it on. I was really hoping that would happen because, again, I still desperately want to meet with and speak to a smug Vandy fan. So that was that was our best opportunity for that to happen. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to contact some of my friends that I know went to Vandy to see if I can get a smug one. Yeah, uh, I know I can get an entertaining one. I'll see if I'll get well, a smug one. That might that might do. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's let's get started with our week six preview. So we do have a number of top tier games. Maybe just one. Actually, who knows. We were expecting this week to be bigger than it is, but as Mark uh, alluded to, the the state of college football is maybe not what we were expecting. So one of our top 25 matchups, is this the only one this week? I think it might be. Uh, Top 25 matchup, Louisville, ranked number 17, NC State, ranked number 24. Louisville is a a three-and-a-half point favorite. You can catch this game actually Thursday night. At 8 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN. Uh, first conference game Louisville's playing since Clemson uh, three weeks ago. Uh, they played uh, Murray State last week, I think, and Kent State the week before. Lamar Jackson's putting up decent numbers, but he's, he's been sharing some of those numbers with his backup. But I'm a Lamar Jackson fan, so uh, of course I'd like to see them win this game. My, my prediction's going to be 42-27. 
Yeah, I, I think Louisville's going to win this game. Um, you know, I'm a believer in Clemson's defense, and I think that gave him trouble. And I don't think NC State's defense quite matches up to that. I think Louisville will score some points. I go 42-21, Louisville. Next, we have Clemson, number two, facing Wake Forest, who just got off of their defeat at FSU. Clemson's a 21-and-a-half-point favorite. It's a noon game on Saturday. You can catch on ESPN2. I'm going to say Clemson 33, Wake Forest 17. I'm not really sure Wake Forest puts up that many points, but, heck, I'm all about being bold. Yeah, you know, uh, I think it's a pretty good call. It all depends on, you know, does Clemson come out really fired up to play this game or not? You know, they've already played uh, a few top-tier teams. Now they're playing against Wake Forest. Um, so, I don't know, I mean, I think that's a pretty good call. I'll go I'll go 34-13, mm-hmm. Clemson. All right. Now let's talk about the Alabama game. So Alabama, ranked number one, is playing Texas A&M. Alabama is expected, this is another just crazy line, uh, to win by 26.5 points. And I guess I'm just starting to believe these lines uh, more and more with, as as we alluded to, the, the state of SEC football. So this is a 7-15 game on Saturday. You can watch it on ESPN. I, I don't know. Tell me your thoughts on this. I, I I really don't want to pick Alabama to cover that just because I feel like I might jinx them. Yeah, I mean it's it. <laughs> I mean it does speak to the to the state of SEC football for sure. I mean, you just shouldn't be able to see this like Alabama, Texas A and M, and then Alabama's almost a four touchdown favorite. That just shouldn't just doesn't feel right. So it, it makes it hard to be like, yes, they're gonna do that. But I, from what I've seen from Alabama, what they did to Vandy, what they did to Ole Miss, I don't know that Texas A&M is that much better. Sure. Um, and, you know, maybe they'll come out with some crazy stuff, but I think Alabama covers. Um, I'm going to go Alabama 49-10. to 10. Okay. I have Alabama 38-17. to 17. Again, I mm. don't want to jinx them, but I would like to see them put up some crazy I mean, numbers. And, and I feel very uncomfortable with that, and yet – from what I've seen from Texas and Alabama, I think 49-10 would make sense, you know? So, sure, sure. We'll right. see. Uh, moving on to somebody I would like to jinx. We got Auburn playing Ole Miss. So mm. Auburn's a 21-point favorite. I am predicting them to cover this. This is a noon game on the SEC Network. I'm going to say Auburn 34-10. to Oh, man. I mean, Ole Miss... Just lost sixty six to thirty. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean Auburn's gonna cover. No win thirty four to no. Yeah, they'll win thirty four to thirteen. So they'll be right on it. Okay. All right. So Michigan is playing Michigan State. I'm assuming this is a rivalry game. Uh, although I don't know that much about. The state yes. of Michigan. <laughs> it seems like yes, it, it right. Okay. Um, so this is a 7:30 game on ABC on Saturday. Uh, Michigan is a 10-point favorite, which seems kind of ridiculous. What, what was Michigan State last year? Three and nine, um, something awful. Uh, Michigan uh, and, State. And Michigan rough. is currently ranked number seven. Although you and I have both discussed that we don't have a whole lot of faith in them. 
I think so, they're just kind of number seven by default. I, I think so too. <laughs> right? They haven't that. lost any games, yeah. uh, so they're number seven. Uh, I, I mean, they're they're big wins against Florida, and we've been talking about you know, Florida's not right. great. So that's where it was. whatever. Uh, where Florida's offense didn't score any touchdowns. Yeah, no, I remember that one. <laughs> that was a good. That was a very entertaining game. Um, so I'm gonna say Michigan wins this 31 to 14. Um, I I think that's a good score. I'm going to keep it a little bit closer because of the rivalry game. I think Michigan State might be a little bit better than we expect, although they didn't have a good game against Notre Dame. Uh, I'm going to go uh, 27-21 Michigan. Do you remember, was it last year or the year before that Michigan State won this matchup? And it was like, okay. as time was expiring... Right, I think that was the year before where Michigan State, like the last play of the game, they blocked a punt and recovered for a touchdown. Yeah, so it was a little or returned it for a touchdown. One of the most absurd innings of a football game I've ever seen. We won't talk about other absurd innings mm, of football games that were similar but, to that. Sure. Yeah. Well, you know. Well, uh, sure. Um, yeah. So that was a wild ending. We'll just focus on that still. And yeah, I got. I got Michigan 27-21, closer than the experts think. All righty. UAB, La Tech is the next game we'll talk about just real quick here. So, surprisingly, no spread, not televised. This is UAB's homecoming game, and I think... So, UAB really needs to win two of the next three games on their schedule, as well as the wins against Rice and, and UTEP at the end of the season, which... They're, they're considered uh, favorites for in those games. But basically, if they get two of these next three plus those two games, they're bowl eligible, and I just think it would be a really great story their first year back to, to have that happen. Uh, the odds are not currently in their favor, but I obviously think, at least for this game, uh, UAB wins this by a, a comfortable 100-point margin. Was that like a veiled reference to the Hunger Games? Like a reverse of may the odds be ever in your favor, whatever that phrase is? The know. odds are currently not in their favor. Um, it will get destroyed. Uh, I'm going to go UAB wins. Sure. Okay, let's do some quick picks. And for this, let's just say whether or not we think they'll cover. All right. Okay. So we have Notre Dame, who's actually tied with, I believe, Florida for the 21st spot in the rankings. They're facing off against UNC. Notre Dame is a 14.5-point favorite. I say they do not cover. I say they cover. Okay. That is a 3.30 p.m. game on ABC if you want to watch that. All right. Ohio State, Maryland. Ohio State is a 30.5-point favorite. This game's 4 p.m. on Fox. I say Ohio State does not cover. Yeah, they don't cover. Okay. Miami, FSU. Miami is only a three-point favorite, so FSU, uh, I'm going to say, wins this outright. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say Miami covers, unfortunately. I'd really like to pick Florida State, but they haven't really shown me much. I know this is a quick pick, and I'm probably not supposed to ask any questions, but why, why do you suppose the line's so close here? Uh, I mean, Miami and Florida State, neither one of them have shown a ton. Uh-huh. Um, and, I mean, they haven't played as many games as everybody else. You can't really know. They seem very similar. I think, it's, I think that's about right. It's kind of a toss-up game. Um, 
but yeah, I got. Uh, I think Miami will cover. Unfortunately. Okay, that's a three thirty game on ESPN. <laughs> Next up, this is going to be a really fun game. LSU Golly. playing Florida. Uh, Florida is a three-point favorite. Three thirty game on CBS. I think Florida has to cover, right? The, I mean, that was gonna. Those are gonna be my precise words. They they have to. <laughs> you just have to. You, I mean, we talked. Troy Rusty. just beat him. Troy just beat him by three. Just beat him by three. <laughs> but, At least be as good as Troy. Just be as good as Troy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know though. You know, like. We, we talked about last week how if Florida couldn't beat – we might have even said if Florida couldn't destroy Vandy, then they had more problems than even we wanted to acknowledge. And I, I, they didn't destroy them. No, they didn't. Alabama beat them 59 nothing. I don't understand. And Alabama played them at Vandy. Vandy played at the Swamp and Florida struggled. I, it's just – it's still not sinking in. I can't handle it. LSU is, <laughs> LSU is terrible, however – they lost to Troy at home, Florida. You have to win by three. You just have to. You cover. They didn't cover against Kentucky. Jason, they have to. <laughs> they just have to. They have to cover. Okay. Moving if, on. If they don't, then we're going to have to have a long conversation next week about state SEC football. And we really need to come and, like, just write how bad is the SEC like is it at the now at the bottom of all the conferences? Yeah, you know what that's is... what that's what we'll do. Well, I'm gonna give this some thought at the at the start of next week. Let's just give our our conference rankings. And you know what? I'm I, I was talking about the SEC, and I think I joked with you that in order to properly <laughs> rank the SEC, we might need to include some <laughs> FCS conferences. Yeah, um, which was kind of a joke when I made that, but I think that was actually before Tennessee's loss. Um, so I don't know. I I don't know. So let's, let's think on that. We'll, we'll give our rankings next week. We, we won't include FCS, but we will. Bottom line is Florida. Florida has to cover. Okay. All right. You heard it. Florida, Wisconsin, number nine playing Nebraska, Wisconsin's 12 point favorite. Uh, you can catch us at 8 p.m. on the Big Ten Network. I think they cover. Cover. Yep. Washington, number six, going against Cal. Washington is almost a 28-point favorite here, 27.5 points. Again, this is a Pac-12 game, so it occurs uh, sometime of night I haven't seen in years. I think it starts at 10.45 p.m. on ESPN. <laughs> I will not be watching this game. I'll watch you the four highlights. Seen- Wait, you haven't seen 1045 in years? No, no, sir. I'm, I'm not a young guy anymore. 1045 <laughs> is way too late. Oh, my goodness. Jesus. So, I, um, I, I, don't, I don't see Washington winning this by 27 and a half points. Yeah, I, I think yeah, they don't cover. They'll yeah. win, but they won't cover. All right. Those are all the games I have to preview this week. Did you have any other ones you wanted to talk about? No. All right. Me either. I know. You You sound a little bit depressed about... Yeah, I mean, the more we talk about SEC, I'm just going to get fired up. and I'm going to get, like, angry, and then I'll come down and be depressed. And angrier, then more depressed. And yeah. Angrier, then more depressed. Yeah. So. I think we're kind of reaching that point kind of mid-season. At the beginning of the season, we were really excited about all of this. But, yeah, I think 
towards the end by week 12 this this won't even really be a podcast so much as a therapy session um <laughs> which is fine mental health is important so uh that's our show for this week again you can find us on itunes and as of just a few days ago i think we're also on google play now i know when i s- submit to itunes it shows up other places but i specifically submitted this podcast to google play so if you're listening to us from google play reach out to us on twitter at processing cfb and let us know uh you can also rate and review us it really does help with our rankings and i know everybody out there desperately wants us to have a much bigger audience uh the millions we already have is not enough so your twitter word for the week is going to be collard greens so you can tweet that at us and what am i going to do this week you know what? I'll, I'll tweet you a favorite fall recipe I have. It won't be for collard greens, though, because that's a winter food. But uh, that's all I got. Mark? That sounds great, Jason. I, I might, you know, tweet collard greens. I want a fall recipe. You, you want, yeah, it's a fall recipe. We're, we're probably all entertaining the, these weekends when we have people over. So it, it, it will be something conducive to having people over. All right, that's our show. Thanks so much for joining us. We will talk to you next week. All right, see you next week, Jason.